We're in Psalm 78, beginning in verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. This is the word of the Lord. This morning we're going to briefly look at that psalm and then we're going to come to the table this morning. This is a psalm that we use often for uh, some of our baby dedications. And in the fellowship hall on the wall is a banner that hangs that says this, which is really a summation of this psalm. It says, we will not hide them from the children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. And then it skips to verse 7 so that they should set their hope in God, so that they should set their confidence in God. It's instruction to both fathers and mothers. Fathers in Scripture, I think, have the greatest responsibility to teach. On you and on your shoulders, fathers, and we'll come to Father's Day, lays the responsibility to be a leader in your home and to teach. But I also know that mothers frequently have the greatest influence. And so this morning we come, mothers, to strengthen your hand. I recently lifted this from another pastor who talked about how the church ought to do that. Let me just share some ways in which I think as a church body, we are to come around mothers, mothers that are here, and strengthen your hands, strengthen your hearts to, to have influence over your families and, and help your children. Um, certainly, the church's role is to assist you. It is not to be the primary teacher. The primary place in which teaching ought to be done is by the parents in the home, and the church comes and supplements that. But here's some ways that we can do that. Parents need help in keeping a God-centered vision of parenting alive, and hopefully that these are things the church can do. Parents need a deep confidence in God, which hopefully is stoked by coming together to worship. Parents need motivation to persevere year in and year out. Parenting is not a quick fix issue. It's a long haul issue. Parents need encouragement when everything seems to go wrong. Parents need relief from time to time from the strain of parenting. Parents need help in boiling down the book of God into essential, transferable, age-appropriate portions. Parents need help in teaching subjects and skills where they lack expertise and time. 
Parents need community, reinforcement of truth and moral standards. Parents need solutions to tough problems raised by children. Parents need camaraderie for the sharing of accumulated wisdom. Parents need correction when others can see that something is wrong and they can't. Parents need prayer because in the end, God is the great teacher. All of those things are roles I think the church can assist in and come around parents in, and hopefully we do that. But this morning, I just want to look briefly at this psalm, and then, as we said, we'll come to the table, which is really my last point, which really undergirds the last point of what I want us to see in Psalm 78. And as I already summarized that all of this is for an ultimate goal. All of what we see in Psalm 78 in these verses is so that your children will put their confidence in God. That is the issue. That's the most important thing we as parents can do is to help our children see that God is trustworthy and that that they can put their confidence there and it's safe there. So let me just, just quickly this morning walk through that. It starts in verse 4. It says, We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation. We will teach to the coming generation. It says we will not hide them. To not teach them is to hide them. Whether you intentionally hide them or you just hide them by not telling your children. It's incredibly important that we need to teach our children with intentionality these truths. Not let them be hid. And just by living and the air that they breathe in the world they live, your children will pick up on the idea that they are the center of the universe. Their own inward sin that they're born with, compounded by a world that continually wants to say man is the center of all things, will be the air they breathe. And if you don't push against that, if you don't in any way say anything counter to that, that will win the day. And what we are to do as, as, uh, as parents, as Christian parents, is to tell them that's not true. That's, that's a lie. Man is not the center. God is the center. An illustration of that is sometimes people look up into the heavens and they see the heavens at night and they think, how can there be all of the vastness of the heavens? How can all of that be there? And we're the only planet in all of the universe that has life. And they come to the conclusion there must be life other places. How could it all just be this? You know why they think that and why they have that thought in their minds? It's because of the air they breathe. It's because it never occurs to them that what all of that about is about is about God. All of the heavens declare what? The glory of God, not the glory of man. They think man is the center and therefore man must be in other places. There must be life other places. But it's not the case. God is the center. Man is not the center. And we need to continually teach our children they are not the center of the universe. The second thing, we need to teach them there's a fixed deposit of truth that tells us that. 
Again, look at the scripture, verse 5. It says, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. What? The scriptures. God's revelation to us, both Old and New Testament. There's a truth that resides outside of us. You will hear this statement often in our day. You hear it again and again. You hear it more and more. And it's the idea, their truth. It's not their truth, or this is their truth. They're telling their truth. What is that about? It's about the idea that man is the center, and therefore man can determine his own truth inside of him. And one truth may contradict another, but that doesn't matter. They're both true because they're true for him or her. That, again, if you don't push against that, If there's nothing pushing the other way, they will just pick it up and begin to believe it. Believe that truth resides within them, and however they decide to discern what that truth is, is what's important. And there's not an external truth that resides outside of them by which to find perspective. But the Christian gospel, the Bible of the Christian faith, is a deposit of truth outside of us. And we as Christians believe that. And we need as parents to teach our children we believe that. There is a fixed truth outside of us by which we can find our perspective and our bearings. The third thing is we need to teach them the glorious deeds of the Lord. It goes on, verse 4, it says, We will not hide them from the children, but tell to the coming generous the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. This is an Old Testament text, obviously, in the book of Psalms. And there were many glorious things that the children of Israel were passing down to their children, glorious things that God had done to protect the nation of Israel and deliver the nation of Israel out of Egypt and all of those things. And, and the writer was talking about those glorious deeds of the Lord, but there is one glorious deed that had not yet happened here. In fact, the most glorious deed of all that the Lord has done. And we who stand on this side of the cross look back to it and see it there. The apex of the glory of God, the apex of the glory of God is in the face of Christ. And the glory of that glory came to its apex on the cross in the work that he did for his people. That he entered fully into the brokenness. He didn't stay away from it. And he experienced the brokenness so that he might redeem a people. When the scripture says here that we will tell the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might, for us it is the gospel, the most glorious of all deeds that God has done. It is at the top of all things. Some of us think, I said that this morning, we'd like to have been there when he parted the sea. That would have been exciting, dramatic. But the truth of Scripture is the most dramatic of all things God has done is in the cross and all that it means for us. So we are to tell the glorious deeds of the Lord. And then finally, finally, I think we need to remember as parents 
that not only are we to tell them the glorious deeds of the Lord, but even more importantly, we are to teach them to glory, to glory in that glorious thing that God has done, in the apex of that glory, Christ. I've said it often, I say it often at, at baby dedications. You can't say something is glorious and have it ring true to somebody else, particularly your children. They'll see through it if it's not glorious to you. If you ex- first, have not first experienced it as glory, it will ring hollow. And so the most important thing that we can do for our children, the apex of that for us is to glory in all that this table represents to us. Do you glory in this table and all that it speaks to us this morning? And all this work of God, this glorious work of God has accomplished? I pray that you will stoke that in your life. This morning we have an invitation in the bulletin. We have open communion and you are welcome to partake with us today. We don't limit that in any means except by this invitation which you yourself have to consider In the midst of that invitation, it says this. If you've not yet cast the full weight of your hope on the finished work of Jesus Christ and now seek to live under his gracious reign, we ask you to abstain. But if you have, if you have cast the full weight of your hope, the full weight of your confidence, that's really what it's saying in what Christ accomplished in this work and see the graciousness of it, Come, believer, take and eat and rejoice this morning. We're going to receive the elements this morning as the elders come to help us distribute them. And I pray, I pray as you partake this morning that you know the glory of all that it represents to us. Let's pray. Father, We're grateful that we can come this morning to this table. As others have prayed at times, it's not an altar. It's not a place where we come to make sacrifice anymore. But it's a table. And you beckon us to come to the table. If we've cast our confidence in you and all you are for us in Christ. And to eat. On the night that Your son was betrayed, Lord. He beckoned his disciples to eat and to drink. And so we come today to do just that, as he said, in remembrance of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you're visiting among us, these will come to you in the pew and you're welcome to take them and we'll all partake together at the same time. And we certainly also understand if you're new among us or visiting and uncomfortable with this way in which we receive the Lord's Supper, it's certainly fine to pass the elements by until you have better understanding of that.
but we have open communion. If you can live under the invitation, we ask you to come and eat with us. Jesus said, this is my body. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Again, 
Take the element. We'll receive it together. will hold me fast precious in his holy sight he will hold me fast he'll not let my soul be lost his promises shall last bought by him at such a cost he will hold me he will hold me fast He will hold me fast For my Savior loves me so He will hold me fast For my life he bled and died Christ will hold me fast justice has been satisfied he will hold me fast raise with him to endless life he will hold me fast till our faith be turned to sight when he comes at last he will hold me fast he will hold me fast for my savior loves me so he will hold me fast he will hold me fast Next Sunday morning, Lord willing, we will be back in the book of Romans. And the theme of that book is the glory of a righteousness that comes from God. The heart of the gospel. That Christ bore our sin and also accomplished a perfect righteousness. 
which he grants to all who cast the full weight of their hope in him. Drink and glory in that glory. Stand with me, will you? pray a prayer benediction here this morning and then what I'm going to ask you to do those that are in the balcony if you could just quickly come down if you want to participate this morning in the vote and we hope you will we hope that won't limit you doing that you'll just help us as we distribute um, those ballots to do it quicker and get them collected so some may need to slip out we understand this morning you may not have come prepared to to uh, participate in that vote um, you may not desire to pursue, you're welcome just to make your way out if you have other plans and need to be there. We have a, about, f- about a 15-minute window here before noon that we're going to do all of this. But we certainly understand that all of that transition as you're coming down from the balcony and those that need to go out, and then if you can just be seated if you're going to stay, and we'll move into that part of the service. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful this morning. We're grateful for all that this table represents to us. We're grateful, Lord, that, that uh, you have given a testimony in Jacob and the law in Israel. You've given us the scriptures. And Lord, we thank you for the revelation of a righteousness from God that is revealed in that truth to us. We rest in that hope this morning. We cast the full weight of our hope there. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a brief transition. If you can come down and uh, be seated if you want to remain and we'll transition. morning, the, uh, uh, the elders are going to help us both distribute and collect the ballots, and we'll give you some instruction of how exactly we're going to do that. Let me give you instructions as they, these are actually coming down this morning to find places. If, if you can kind of maybe move in, for some reason people don't like these front seats, so you can help them feel a lot better about coming down if we can kind of move over a bit. Um, This morning, there will be two different ballots that will be distributed, two different colors. And up on the right-hand corner of those ballots will either say member or non-member. I think you who have been among us long enough know that we don't make huge distinctions in those two things. Um, And we want all to participate this morning, but we just need you, as those ballots go by, for you to pick the one that pertains to you, the color that you should have. Um, which will again will be designated up in that right hand corner if you forget what color is what uh, the pink one will be member ballots the uh, the green ones will be non member ballots the other The other direction I would give to you this morning is that we we are setting the limit you You need to be eighteen years or older to vote this morning as well, so just those two stipulations uh, receive the right ballot, and then secondly that you would Know your age as you vote this morning. 
Let me just briefly walk through this quickly with you because there could possibly be somebody who wasn't here last week. So we want to walk through what the resolution is, what you're voting on. And as you, as you receive these ballots, let's, let's go ahead and do the ballot. Let's go ahead and pass those out. I think that might be helpful quickly. If we can distribute them, they'll come down to you. And uh, let's, if we could have on the screen, let me, let me begin to share. If you can do two things at once, take a ballot and at the same time listen to what I'm saying. If you find the screen here... It is actually reversed, if you can get that. What we are proposing in, in the addition is what is actually on the left-hand side of your screen. That box that is there and then about a two-foot connection um, onto the existing fellowship hall. That's kind of the new part. The, there's another little new part of that bottom box there, um, which is right outside of that particular larger box there that'll get filled in because that's an open space between the kitchen and that building so the proposed new structure can pertains to that so when we begin to talk about that and it will go out this direction so the the new structure will be this direction from us as we're sitting here this morning I think it's important maybe everyone to have one of these before I actually go any farther so we'll just wait to make sure you have one in your hand Let me proceed here. The, the vote this morning is yes or no, and there's two different places that we either to affirm yes or to, or to affirm no. Those two places are at the bottom of the ballot. But it, it's all or nothing in the sense it's a three-part resolution uh, recommendation that comes from the elders. This is, comes unanimously recommended to you from the ten elders in our church, comes to you, and... Uh, and now we need to get your response to that. Let me, let me walk through this three-part recommendation quickly, and then you can cast your ballot and, and we'll be free to, to go as they're collected. Part number one of this particular resolution is this. Complete phase one of the Richland Building Project as presented to the congregation on Sunday, May 5th, 2019, which was last Sunday morning. We took time in the service to present the recommendation, explain it, more in more detail than I will this morning, but basically it's a, a 94 by 96 addition and that connecting part that I talked to you. And one of the things we said in phase one, it, it will be completed to the point that it is usable. It will be usable space. It's not cold storage space. It'll be usable space to us um, at that point. But phase one is, is uh, what we described last week to you in that in that larger uh, box and then that connecting portion of that. The second part of the recommendation is this, that we will secure a line of credit of $100,000, you giving permission for us to do that, of $100,000 from our investment foundation, um, WIF it's called. And uh, at the, last week at this point we gave you kind of the cost and so let me do that again. The Philosophy is, I share the cost now, is a not-to-exceed figure. Um, a lot of times when you get a cost figure, you kind of add 10 or 20% to it. We've worked really hard to, to, to give you a not-to-exceed figure in that initial phase one cost. It's important to understand this is only phase one, but this is what we're pro- projecting the cost will be at $620,000. 
Right now, we have on hand 565,000 of that. So you can do the math and do the difference there. That's the reason for the, a portion of that $100,000 that we are asking you to allow us to borrow um, in this project because obviously there's a difference between what the cost is, 620, versus what we have on hand and to, it would be presumptuous to go into it without knowing that we had that secured. Now, more funds may come in and those figures can change, but it does give us then the liberty um, to, to complete phase one in its entirety. And that's what the second part of this is. Now, move to number three because phase one is not all of the project, but it is what is in that $620,000 figure that we gave to you. The third part of the resolution then is to move forward to further construction beyond phase one as the elder board determines needs, sets priorities, and funds are available for this project. We did make one editorial change. You'll note it probably here from last week. It was an editorial change. We added the words for this project, so it wasn't some future projects. It's this project. And so... Phase no, or the uh, number three is further construction beyond the construction of what we showed you that box, the connecting part. Um, that will be usable space, but but the intention of those working and the and the elders is that that particular larger box. Maybe we can put that back on the screen quickly. Can we do that? That larger box to that will set out to this this direction, the 94 by 96 edition. That on both sides of that coming out from east and west side will be rooms 24 feet wide. So if you take that larger portion, bring it in 24 feet, that leaves in the middle of that a 48 open space, a multi-purpose space in the middle of that. So this is, this is not all in phase one. Phase one does not include those, um, those walls and those, those rooms on the side. So that would, that would entail number three. We'll move forward as we determine needs, set priorities, and funds are available. And that may then cause us to use the second, basically, half of that $100,000 possibly to do some of that construction. It allows that. And what we anticipate will happen, probably, is we will, we will build this. We will get the, if it's approved, we'll build the structure, phase one. But it will be the time of year when there will be people available to help us so that we can use volunteer labor and go in and begin to do more construction inside of that, which, which uh, ultimately will be part of it in there, but not in that 620000 So it will allow us to do some of that additional construction. It gives us flexibility if we have people here and volunteer labor here. And as we said last week, John Fogarty is going to oversee the project. John has an engineering background, and he's willing to donate his time to oversee that so that we can blend both having Huff Construction do the major part of that building. They'll do the major part of the larger building, in fact, all of that. But uh, then we can come in with volunteer labor and begin to, to uh, work on the inside of that building. So that's number three. That's the reason for the number three point that we can continue on and the key there is as uh, needs and priorities are determined and funds are available um, the only we cannot borrow any more money than the hundred thousand that would have to come back for a vote if that were ever to happen um, you can't you can't we can't continue to borrow so the limit of that would be a hundred thousand dollars in in the borrowing so those are the three um Recommendations, they all, all are one recommendation. Actually, we broke them down so it's easier to understand them and you'll understand kind of the process 
of thought from the elders to you. And so at this point, we would, we would ask you to, uh, to just cast your ballot. If you'd cast yes or no for the project, make sure you have the right color ballot to do that. And if you'll pass those to the inside, so from, if, if you'll pass them to the inside of where you are, fold them over, pass them in, and the elders will collect those. And we'll get word of the vote to you after they're tallied. We won't, we won't, we won't hold you today to get that, but we'll get it to you. All the ballots collected, any left that need to be collected? These will be tallied with a few um, absentee votes that were cast for people who knew they would not be here. We announced that could be done last week, and then the tally will be um, distributed and announced. Look at your watches. We held to our promise. I wasn't sure as I started today if we were going to. I thought I might have to ask forgiveness, but I don't. Um, so we're grateful you've been willing to stay, grateful for, um, for your attentiveness to all of this and all of this process. And, and we want all of the, the, the women today, their gifts in the foyer, to take as you go and may have a special, special Mother's Day. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.